0: We're starting something new today, all right? Today, we're going to learn how to fight. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to learn how to fight. (laughs) Everyone's like, what? (laughs) But, uh, you know, we're going to start talking about the good fight of faith. Everyone say, the good fight of faith. (laughs) Amen. Now, um, the reason why we're bringing this up, you know, the last couple of months, uh, we've been speaking with a lot of congregation members, and, you know, everyone has stuff that's happening in their life, and, I mean, it's it's unavoidable. You you know what I'm saying? Everyone's got issues that are happening and everything, and, uh, you know, over the years, I think everyone has uh, um, developed perceptions about how things need to be done. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a basic thing of, okay, I'm a Christian. I need to have faith. This is it. We're going to go for it. You know what I'm saying? And um, over the years, we've had a few extremes, you know, when when you're facing a problem or difficulty in life. Uh, the first extreme is, oh, no, God's going to handle this. I don't need to worry about anything. It's fine. But inside, you are shaking, and you are wrecked. And you're like, oh, no, God's going to handle this. It's fine. And you know, uh, everyone here keeps that nice Christian face. You know, we all have our nice Christian face. <laughs> they don't want to admit it. Tussle. But every, all of us have our nice Christian face. You know, oh, my brother, blessed coming in, and I'm blessed going out. You know, <laughs> all those things. You know, some guys, they don't wear a suit any time of the year, but... Sunday morning service, woof man, I once wanted to do that, but then I thought, you know what, for CWW, it might be too serious, Come eh? coming with a tie, three pieces, nah, it's not gonna work, wit. it's not gonna work, <laughs> please don't, but um, on the f- on the other extreme, you get people who just get so crippled, you know, by whatever the circumstances or whatever's happening in their heart that they just, oh, I don't have faith, you know, I, j- I just can't get there, you know, sort of thing, and um. And what we wanted to do was take you guys on a practical journey, okay, of what faith looks like and the good fight of faith, okay? Because some people fight to make things happen. Some people fight the devil. Some people fight all these things, you know. And uh, ultimately, it kind of feels like you're shadowboxing. Anyone here knows what shadowboxing is? You know where you've got to practice the routines and stuff, but there's no opponent? <laughs> you know, I don't know if you guys have ever done that, but you can't win a shadowboxing fight, Okay, because you're never going to knock the guy out. He's not there. Are you, are you with me? And um, when these principles become a bit elusive, especially when the pressure is on. Look at the person next to you say, pressure. Especially when the pressure is on, um, we can all agree that, you know, certain ungodly things start coming out of us. <laughs> you see, there was a lot of yours there. <laughs> <laughs> but but the truth is, is, is you know, uh, they always say, like, if you take a grape and you, you squeeze it, you know, the inside, you know, comes out. And, yeah. and oftentimes in life, we, we see that when we're under pressure, we often act in a way that we thought we weren't like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Even when we're under pressure and people around us and we snap at them or whatever, they were like, hey you're not normally like that, like, you know, what's going on, you know, sort of thing, and it's a very, very real dynamic, and sometimes it's difficult to balance the two, because you've got to be this good Christian, because we want to be, you know, good believers of Jesus, and followers of Jesus, but we find ourselves in these moments of weakness that really, really seem uh, very difficult to process, you know what I'm saying, and, and we ask a lot of questions, it's like, but I'm a child of God, but why is this happening? You know, and, and, you know, I have faith this shouldn't be happening, and, you know, all these kind of things, you know. But the truth of it is, family, is that, you know, we don't get the luxury of ignoring our problems. You know what I'm saying? That's a tough pill to swallow, you know, because the truth is, if we look at God's order, is that we are the ones who are tasked to create the environments that we live in. Are you with me? To shape those environments, to, to command the vision in those environments. Amen? And oftentimes we feel like the environment is too big for us. Yeah. You know, it feels like the environment is like, what the heck? I can't handle this. Anyone been there? You know? It's like when you, when you, when you start a new job and you're in that three to six-month window where you're trying to figure things out. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, please. <laughs> You know, and immediately, what's the first thing? I missed God. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, you guys know that, that whole story? Oh, it's just me. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, I'll be no, honest. You, yeah, bro. it's just me, but I'm sorry. You know, obviously, I'm not holy enough here. You know, but we, we, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but we so quickly forget that leading up to that point, we were hearing the Holy Spirit. Fine. God was leading us step by step. We saw miracles happening on the way there. Man, you guys know what I'm talking about? Mm. We're like, jeez. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. You know, all these lovely little songs we have over the years. And thank you, Father. Harris, you are my father. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, you are you guys understanding what I'm saying? And then when we get into that, boom, and we realize, wait a minute, God showed me this was going to be a certain way, but what? <laughs> Anyone? You know? And the truth is, is that, you know, oftentimes our expectations get the better of us, Mm. you know. And because in the beginning on that process towards what God is leading us to, or um, maybe on that process of experiencing some difficult circumstance, what happens is is that we very quickly forget what got us in that circumstance. Whether it was God leading us to that, or our own decisions, or someone else's decisions. Because sometimes your life can be inconvenienced by someone else. Case in point, any taxi driver. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A and C. No, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> but uh, are you guys understanding what I'm saying? And it's, and it's uh, uh, in moments like that, the emotional stress, the emotional pressure is the thing that gets to us. Amen? You guys understand what I'm saying? You know? And, and you know, in dealing with that emotional pressure, what we often forget is the biblical uh, uh, understanding of all the elements at work mm. you, you know what I'm saying we forget this is who God is this is who I am this is what Christ has done yeah. you know what I'm saying this is my reality now in Jesus You know, and the paradox for the believer that we all struggle with guys is that we can be children of God and still have trouble hello yeah, yeah? Everyone's saying, yeah, it's because, okay, yeah, we do have trouble in our lives. We have have issues, man. Whether it's the pothole on the the physical road or the pothole on the road to life, we have these things. Are you guys with me? And we oftentimes struggle to accept that both can exist at the same time. Amen? I don't know about you guys, but how often do you feel like it's like, but I'm a child of God, Mm. you know? I, 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 I used to uh, um, hear many, many times, especially when we used to go to hospital to visit anyone and we pray for them. And while we're praying for them, their prayer is, but Lord, I'm your child, please. I'm your child, Lord. And we're like, whoa, hold on. The evidence of any form of death is not evidence that you are now an orphan. Are you guys with me? You understand what I'm saying? It's not evidence that God's forgotten about you. You know? When people are going through hectic things in life and they come up for prayer, it's like, ah, Pastor, you know, I don't even know if God hears me anymore, Mm. you know? And it's like because of the emotional stress we're feeling, we've taken God's ears away. Can you imagine God has no ears? Like, you know, God God now ministers to the prophets through sign language. (laughs) Are you guys with me, right? So we're going to talk about some practical uh, uh, steps this morning about how this paradox, right? Exists and how we must become skillful in managing ourselves in those moments. Are you with me? Because the truth is, God is who He is. What is anyone gonna do that's gonna change God? Not a single thing. Are you guys with me? So Christ was crucified, He was raised again, He is now glorified at the right hand of God. The Holy Spirit is inside of you, you are saved, you are a child of God. Nothing you're gonna do is gonna change that. Yet when we find ourselves in the pressure, what do we do? We forfeit all those things first. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Gonna add in anything at this point? You good? No, good, good. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So are you guys following so far? Is this is this like kinda real? You know in this church we, we do real things, eh? We don't we don't pretend here. Yeah. All right. Now, our typical viewpoints, okay? Our typical viewpoints are always I'm trusting God it's sorted. All right? You guys with me? I'm, just, I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. But we think that the words are enough. Are you with me? We think that just merely saying it, I'm trusting God. It's enough. Pastor, I have faith. Great. But if you have faith, why is there fear in your heart? Are you guys with me? right? Now listen guys, this is like, this is very real stuff here, because the truth is for every believer, this is where the rubber really meets the road, is that, but I'm doing what the pastor said I must do. I'm confessing the word, I'm coming to church, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to discipleship school, I'm, I'm doing my studies, I'm doing my hard work, I'm doing all these things, right? But why do I have problems? Why do I have this fear in my heart? What's going on? Anyone have that question? Right? <laughs> Some people are like, it's like he's talking to me today oh my gosh you know and and now because we have the performance element like i mentioned earlier when we come to our brothers you know especially when they come for prayer you know they tell you pastor this is the story but this is what i'm doing to walk in faith you know what i'm saying Mm. and they give you the whole story and they give the whole case and they're like i'm trusting god and everything but i need prayer it's like jeez it doesn't sound like you need prayer sounds like you're good it sounds like you're on top of things, man. Just keep going, you know, kind of thing. But the fear is in the heart. Are you with me? Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I think, I Tussle, think, you'll, you'll uh, expand a bit on this. Uh, 611, sorry. I, I keep doing that. I don't give the verse. Then I get daggers from the back. 6.11. eleven. First Timothy 6.11. <clears throat> now, when you read First Timothy uh, chapter 6, he's talking about, you know, he's, he's advising Timothy. Stay away from all these people who have corrupted their motives. You know, they, they're preaching the gospel for money and, you know, the love of money has, 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 ge- has pierced them with deep sorrows. You know, he goes through all these things and they've compromised, you know, the value of, of this good news. Right? And check what he says here. He says, but you, man of God, praise the Lord, Timothy is a man of God, <laughs> flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Amen? Mm. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called When you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, when you read in context of the letter, I mean, you know, Timothy is under some pressure here. But he's, you know, the guys are coming and, you know, he's seeing guys distort the message. You know, he's seeing guys taking advantage of other people in the name of Jesus and all these things. He's probably struggling in the church because uh, uh, the love of money comes up and, you know, preaching for the correct motive comes up. So all these things that Timothy's experiencing at his young age, you know, running, <laughs> that was, yeah. uh, running the church at his age. You know, Paul's like, cool, come with me. We're going to start this church. Okay, Timothy, I'm leaving. Paul's like, Timothy's like, what? Where, where are you going? You know, he's like, no, no, you handle this. I'm going to go start another one. Mm. I'll see you in a, in a, in a month or a year or whatever. You know, and Timothy's like, but Paul's like, don't worry. You got the spirit of God. You're good. And he goes, you know. And, and he's, he's facing all these things, but it's so... Uh, uh, amazing that Paul doesn't talk about his problems. He doesn't talk about what he's facing, the pressure he's dealing with, whatever. He tells him here, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith and take hold of the eternal life which you were called to. Are you with me? Do you know that so many of us have faith for our problems? They're like, pasta, that's what we're supposed to have faith for. No. But Bash, what do you mean? That's a good question. We're going to get to it now, right? But a lot of us only have faith until we see the problem. A lot of us only struggle with fear as long as we see the problem. Are you with me? And we find ourselves in these peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. Because deep down in our hearts, we're wishing for a utopian existence that we could just be free of all the drama please. So why must I drive to work on Monday morning with load shedding in the robots? Doesn't God love me? Oh, my gosh. I saw a guy the other day. He's like, guys, God just spoke to me. I'm like, okay, let me watch this. What's this guy on about? He says, no, I was scrolling through TikTok and the app froze and I knew God was speaking to me. I'm like, God's freezing apps. Praise the... Listen, apps are buggy enough. They can freeze by themselves, right? But this is the extent we go to because there's a subtle secret that we've missed in how we're walking with God. Are you with me, right? Romans chapter 5.
1: I think an interesting word, there's the word pursuer.
0: Yeah. I'll oh, keep it there for now. Yeah.
1: You know, I think... I think we should look at that word because you can either pursue a problem or you can pursue righteousness or faith or, you know. So pursuing is something uh, that is definitive. It is indicative. You know, it is something that you decide deliberately to do. So deliberately says, look, you've got all those things inside of you. Obviously, you've got a new nature, but I want you to pursue this. Okay, it's something that you actively do. You know. uh, pursuing your your righteousness, pursuing your uh, godlikeness. Godliness means godlikeness, mm-hmm. uh, faith, love, endurance, and, and gentleness. And that's what the fight is all about. The fight is on the pursue side. That's it. Well, that's the way I see it, you know. Yeah. And that's the way it's, it's just been ignited in my heart that um, I need to fight to pursue these things. So every time something obviously does come up, and it always does, I mean, you've heard all the experiences here, then I need to make the decision, what am I going to pursue? Am I going to pursue the problem, which has come quite easily, because I'm used to it now, and I live in this world, or am I going to decide to pursue, and pursue is making a choice, isn't it? That's it, yeah. And making a choice is what makes you God like. Mm. So I can choose to change um, my thought patterns, my emotional uh, status at that moment. Yeah. I can choose to change it. Mm. And that will produce the fruit. Mm. It's the truth you know
0: and, and I think the difficult thing is, is saying it's like okay Pastor Tasso that's great you're telling me here's my problem right I'm going to choose to pursue now righteousness I'm going to choose to pursue godlikeness, faith love and endurance but, but this thing is here we're not saying it's not and we're not saying that this pursuit just does that mm. are you guys with me I'm taking yours now. <laughs> Grant, is your guitar? Okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's for you, Jared. Living water. <laughs> Thanks. But, but the pursuit of that doesn't do that. Are you guys with me? Right? And nowhere in the Bible do we see that. Let's take the children of Israel, for example. Right? Moses said, come, we're going. They just saw all these things happen. They left Egypt with everything. They left with the gold, everything, and they go into the desert now. Things didn't just magically disappear. Are you guys with me? Nowhere in the Bible do things magically disappear. Everything that even Jesus himself encountered didn't magically disappear. Are you with me? He was the one who changed the environment. Amen? Now, like we always say, Jesus is our model. you know, And when we look at how he lived his life, he lived his life in these principles. Because they got it from him anyway. Are you guys with me? So when we're talking about that pursuit, 100%, we we have to, here's the instruction. But our expectation mustn't be that this is just going to dissolve now. Right? Now listen. Hang tight. We're not done. We're on a journey. Okay? Romans chapter 5, verse 1. You guys know this one so well. Oof, man. You know, I love it when, when people are like so overcome with fear. It's like, but Romans chapter 8 says, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But there is a, there is a key that God wants us to, to, to unlock in our hearts so that we know how to experience true faith. Are you with me? And there's a very specific example in the life of Jesus, which we're going to get to now, that actually uh, is going to highlight it nicely for you, right? But let's look at Romans chapter 1. We're going to go to verse 5, okay? Uh, Romans chapter 5, sorry, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, right? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Next. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Christians don't know how to process this one. Like, Pastor. Okay, I'll raise my hands. Jesus. You guys with me? You know, we have like these different opinions about how much we glory in our sufferings here, right? Because we know that suffering produces, ah, bash, I thought it was a magic spell. First you say pursue, now we must persevere, ah, man. Perseverance produces, and character produces, next, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mm. Now listen, there's a lot happening in those five verses. What does it look like if you put all five up? Try? It might be a bit small. But there's a lot happening in all those five things, you know. And, and like I said, and I've been saying from the beginning, that sometimes it's very difficult to process this paradox, okay? But the key is this. First one, the verse one, where it says, Now that we have been justified... Through faith. Now, let's talk about justification for a second. Because justification is really the crux of the gospel. Amen? It's really the, the, the crux of the gospel. Because if we are not justified by faith, we're not justified at all. You know what I'm saying? The Bible tells us that. But I think let's go into justification a bit. I mean, loosely, the word means, now you have a reason. Are you with me? You have evidence. Now qualified. Are you with me? I don't know. Am I missing any? Is, it, is there a further kind of thing? That's more or less it. Yeah. yeah, you know, you have a reason. You have evidence. You have reason to believe, okay? But now, what are you justified for, right? Now, we know that there was a first guy. What was his name? The first guy who messed up everything? <laughs> He's, everyone knows that. I thought someone was going to say Cyril. No, it's not Cyril, Okay. <laughs> I'm always going to take a dig at the ANC. I'm always. Yes, I can't stand. Anyway, politicians. But we know that Adam did something, okay? He flopped up. It's fine. It happened. But because Adam flopped up, what does the Bible say happened to all of us? It said that death reigned through sin, and we were all born into sin. Now, here's the thing. If you look at justification, okay? How many of you can explain clearly, you can give a good diagnosis about all the challenges in your life? Any problems you're facing, you understand it. You're like, oh, I know why it happened. Anyone? You know, whether it's a health issue, whether, you know, someone did something or your car's in, in, the, in the panel beaters now. Why is it in the panel beat? Oh, no, this taxi driver rear-ended me. You know, all these kind of stuff. You have justification for your problem. Are you guys with me? Right? But have you noticed that sometimes just because you understand something, you accept it? <laughs> oh, Bash, why are you hitting these nerves this morning? Yes, see, really. Hello? Are you guys with me? Can we be honest for a second? Right? Because if we're honest, we can get help. <laughs> Hi, my name is Bash. And, no, I'm kidding. It's not that. <laughs> it's not that. But... Oftentimes, just because we understand something and we have justification for it, we accept it. Are you with me? Anyone here been through anything medical and you go to the doctor and they come to you with, you know, prints and prints of paper and say, right, here's our scans. This is what we found. We did your blood tests. We did MRIs. We did x-rays. We did everything. Here's a story. This is how the body works. Da, 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 da. Short story, uh, long story short, you're going to have to be on this for the rest of your life. And what do you do in that moment? You say, okay that's it. i got to do that now. Are you guys with me? So what have you got? You've got a justification. If you've got a sickness in your body, right, you go and Google. If you find the wrong website, you've got 14 hours to live. Close that website, okay? <laughs> right? You go and Google and then just close that website, okay? But the truth is we need justification in our lives to do anything. Are you with me? Because if you are doing something in life without qualification or, or without logic or without actual reasoning, what's going to happen? You're going to go crazy. You know, you're going to be a loony person, unhinged, completely off the walls, right? You need the reason. Now, here's the thing. If we have all the justification for death to reign through sin, and death is in this world, right? Because people haven't been justified by Jesus. We need to ask ourselves. What is this justification that Christ is giving us? Because I've got justification from the world. But now he's saying he's giving me a justification by faith. What does that justification mean? Are you with me? Are you guys following? So as a believer, if Christ is giving you a new logic, if he's giving you a new license, a new backing, a new uh, a reason To pursue, to choose something different, what does that look like in my own heart? Are you guys with me? Because this is a step that we're missing. We see the evidence for the problem. And I know mostly God loves me and I want the problem gone. Hallelujah, I'm trusting God, I want the problem gone. But do you know why you still have fear in your heart? It's because you don't have the justification in your heart for the problem to go Pastor Bash but I did this thing, this is my consequence, I'm not disagreeing with you cause and effect you're going to punch a wall, you're going to break your hand right but here's the thing, Christ is giving you a justification through his finished work that this thing doesn't have to be your final hello hello this is the justification he's giving you. But listen, my, my, my decision caused this. We agree. Good. It means your eyes are working. Your logic is in. Great. Your decision caused that 100%. But because you deserve this consequence, you'll never come out of it. There is only one thing that can get you out of this or to get you to see past it. And that is the justification that Christ is giving you. And what is his justification? That we are righteous apart from works. That he has given us a righteousness apart from the law. He's given us a righteousness that is by faith. Mm. Amen. So what are we to do when we see, oh, flip, I caused this thing. Damn it. Ugh. Okay, yeah, I did this, I did this, I did this. So what do we do? We start working around our own justification. Mark a plan. We're going to do it, you know. We're going to do it. We'll fight with people. We'll fight with whoever. We're going to do it. We'll mark a plan. But unfortunately, we never change the justification. See, you don't need more evidence as to why this is here. You need more evidence as to why you will go through. Are you guys with me? How many of you, when you're in the midst of something, and you go, oh, if only. Oh, I should have. You know, it's like, oh, damn it, I could have. And you stay in that, and you wallow in that, and as you go in that, the only thing that gets bigger and bigger in your heart is the fear, the shame, the guilt, the regret, the condemnation. I could have. But you know, the message of the gospel is that he is coming to give us a new justification. Are you guys with me? Is this practical for you this morning? Are you understanding what you need to do in the midst of these things? Because as a believer, you have it more complicated than the world has it. Huh? <laughs> I thought life with Jesus was easy. No, 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 hold on. It is. It's peaceful. It's graceful. It's amazing. But why do I say you have it more complicated than the world has it? It's because you have two sets of evidence where the world only has one. Think about that for a second. The world is only living by what they see, what they hear, what they're experiencing. You've got a second set of evidence that you need to pursue. Amen? That you need to pursue. Because if you don't pursue that second set of evidence, which is Christ himself, resurrected, now glorified, what's going to happen is you're going to fall back to the first set and you're going to start losing focus in Jesus. Day by day, week by week, month by month. And before you know it, you are so overcome with fear and depression that you don't even know if God likes you anymore. Are you with me? You know, if we talk about a, a very basic thing about how when a person experiences God's love. You know, um, is it Hebrews? Where it talks about those that shrink back. Yes. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and maybe you can, you can unpack this for us a little bit. Is you know, when we have that knowing, but we choose to go in a different direction, mm. it actually affects us more than we realize. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. I, you know and what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, no, no. no. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, there's just so much. I, I I just don't know what direction you're going to take this, obviously, but. <laughs> <in both sides. laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just, there's just so many levels here. There's so many tiers. And uh, um, one of the things that, that is coming to my mind is um, concerning the justification of the problem is when you go back and you realize which person produces the problem all the time. Do you, in other words, do I really have faith in the new me? Because obviously I've been spending a lot of time with my old memories and I keep producing problems. the problems, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and that's what Hebrews is talking about there in Hebrews ten, when you you draw back. Mm. You're drawing back and you're going back to the old you. Now remember that the old you has been created by your parents it's been created by their culture their background the country that they came from the history of that country which is recorded in your dna and the day you died in christ all of those things supposed supposedly we should get to know that they have died died, yeah Yeah. Mm. all you know your Uh, the culture of of your parents, the emotional makeup which created you and and their background, that's all died. Mm. And we're supposed to be spending time with the new me of who I am in Christ, but even beyond that, I think, we're supposed to go back to Abraham that was given that unconditional promise because remember in Romans 9, we, as the new Jews, have been rooted mm. into that specific culture, into those mm. blessings. So my new nature is not just a new nature that's got a new life; yeah. it's got a history behind it. Mm. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I don't know which direction you, but I just sense that we we need to so much go back and see the roots of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm. That, that Jesus actually inherited the kingdom of David and Solomon's wealth has been inherited. Yeah. The unconditional problems of, of Deuteronomy 28 has been inherited and has been written on your DNA, that new DNA that you have in your own heart. Man, yeah, yeah. which obviously that new man goes and creates the new creation of not just the, the me, but you know, collectively as we come together that will enter into, you know, the new Jerusalem. So, we, we see this is a rebirth into something called in Christ, you know, that that has uh, two telescopic views. One of the past where it's coming from and where we are going. Because we need to know where we are going, you know, to to create a col- a, a collective faith and a singular faith, you know. So you need to start looking because if, if you don't look at those things that, that Jesus inherited and Abraham is smiling when you are enter into those, there is no, um, there, there's no, the Bible says there's no barrier anymore, yeah. you know. He doesn't look at you and he said no this is all that i did and i gave to jesus and who are you as a gentle to come in now with his new nature no you accepted they're smiling at you because you've accepted the unconditional inheritance that now is supposed to come into your life so having a view like that continuously and meditating on those things creates that's what i'm talking about when i saw the word pursue that's what was in my mind you know pursuing this new me who is not just a new me he's in a new culture a new nation there's new traditions there's new, there's new principles that we function and operating by you know i know this might seem a little bit too you know out there for you and mystical but you know that is what we've been called daily i believe to pursue in our own hearts to see ourselves that way, to experience ourselves that way. Mm. So that as I do that, suddenly these things that I need to justify continuously, I'm going to begin to see them from a different perspective, isn't it? Because I'm going to see them now from this new me, Mm. new kingdom, new culture, new nation, you know, New, new brotherhood, new family new father, new elder brother, you see, those have got to somehow synergize inside of us, in our hearts, and that's where we we get the understanding. Don't ever try intellectually. You need to get to your heart for these things to to harmonize and those pieces to come together so that you can understand here in the heart you understand, not in the mind. Not by putting information into a sequence, but but in your heart, you need to see that. Yeah, 100%. You know? And that will begin to change. Because remember, the practical way is first comes hope. You need to have hope. Then comes faith, because faith is always present tense. You've got to feel it now. And only after that comes grace. You can't experience the grace of God until you first have hope. Hope turns into faith. In faith. And then grace empowers that faith.
0: That's
1: it. What, what we've been discussing now. Yeah. So when we talk about oh, pursue righteousness, what is righteousness? It's not some, like you said, it's not some elusive term, mm-hmm. righteousness. Righteousness is what am I supposed to be doing the right way that God told me about the situation? That's it. How am I supposed to look at it? So I trust Him, and that's called righteousness in that specific situation. When He tells me, do this, that's righteous. So um, so when, when, we, when we, we look at something, You know, we need to continuously, okay, this is always going to be there, just like the Basha. These things don't go away. Whoever's been divorced knows his ex-wife or ex-husband never goes away. Okay? That's what we're talking about here. Okay? Do you guys relate? You haven't been divorced? You don't know that. I've been divorced from the law. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But... I mean, do you understand that that problem stays with you? Am I right? Yeah. Okay. So there's nothing you can do about that problem. But you can. How are you going to view the problem? That's it. And how I view the problem determines what changes in my own heart. That's right. And that thing might or might not go away. The thing that I have produced might or might not go away, yeah. isn't it? That's true. But the way I view it will determine how my life goes. That's it. 100%. How my life goes. Yeah.
0: And it, it'll determine whether you're going to experience faith or fear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In in that circumstance, because you've got, like was explaining now, you've got two evidences here. Are you guys with me? And the Bible tells us over and over and over again that Christ has given us sufficient evidence to put to death the old. Galatians 3 tells us that, listen, he has redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. You know what that means? It means that if you are cursed, right, it means that you are justified to have death in your life. But those of you who are righteous in Christ through faith, what are you? You are justified to have abundant life. Are you guys with me? You're justified to have abundant life. Amen? Are you guys following us this morning? Listen, righteousness is it's the foundation of the new covenant believers. But the angle this morning is in the midst of this thing here. Because that's really where the rubber meets the road. You know, you can go study an entire thesis on the righteousness of God from the scriptures, right? But when you reach this thing, if those, the inner workings there, haven't switched from one base of justification to Christ... You're never going to have faith. Are you guys with me? Right? And that's the key. And, you, and we all know what it's like. I was even there. Pastor. if you could just help me. I had someone come to me this week. It's like, listen, this is a problem I've been dealing with 18 years. Um, I just need, I, I need someone to advise me. I'm like, who the heck do you think I am? I'm like, hold on a second. You know, and in five minutes, you know, I must make a decision now on an 18-year issue that's been going on. I'm like, listen, oh, you've got to slow down a second. Are you with me? But because deep in our hearts, what's happening is is that the fear is crippling us because of the wrong justification. Are you guys with me? Let's go to uh, um, Mark chapter four, verse thirty-five. And, and I want to use this. I want to use this example because it's, you know, it, it it Jesus really really put together this point of this paradox that we have uh, um, by living in this world that's ruled by death. Because it is a paradox. It's like, how can I have hope? Have you seen the world? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you talk to people who aren't safe right now, they're like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to digital currency. Economies are crashing. Um, lockdowns are coming. There's new regulations. You know, schools are messed up. And, and you, they they'd speak to a believer and people would say, but, but why, why, what's stressing you out about it? What are you doing in the thing? And they're like, what do you mean? We can't do anything. Because they have no other justification. Are you with me? So let's look at this. This is Now you guys know the story of Jesus in the boat, right? Okay? So this is Jesus in the boat and um, so the day uh, of that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, "Let us go over to the other side." Okay? Step number 1. Jesus said, "Let us go over to the other side." Okay? Now, anyone Uh, In in this room, being in leadership position, or even parents, you know, anyone, yeah, sort of. So now, when you give an instruction, and you know how people come back every five seconds and question what you said, you know, and they were like, it was like, oh, no, no, we know you said that, but are you sure? It's like, we know you said that, but did you see this thing? We know you said that, but look, we saw that, right? Look what happened. (laughs) Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat, There were also other boats with him. Next. A furious squall. That's a big storm. Okay? It's not a type of bird. Okay? It's a big storm. Okay? Sounds like a bird though. A squall. You know? Wow. Okay. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, what was the previous statement Jesus made? Let us go over to the other side. They were like, Get in the boat, Jesus. Let's go. I got my boat. You come. Just give me luck. I got some fish sorted. The furious squall comes. Okay, check what they said next. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Praise the Lord. They gave Jesus a cushion at least. You know, first class. You know. So the disciples woke him and said to him, "Teacher, don't you care if we drown?" He literally said five seconds ago, let's go to the other side. Mm. He didn't even pass his REM sleep cycle yet. And they woke him up. He was probably just there in heaven with Father. And then someone comes, hey! He's like, what, dude? What? And the first thing they say, hey, Jesus, do you want some tea? Are you feeling good? you comfortable? He's like, do not care if we drown. I don't know about you guys, but have you ever been woken up, like, angrily? Jeez, don't mess with me. If you're coming to wake me up, you better nudge me very softly. And you better... Whisper sweet nothings to me. Don't come and say, do I care if you drown or not? I'm not going to give you the answer Jesus gives. (laughs) Next verse, what does he say? Okay. So he got up. Rightfully so. I mean, they woke him up. Rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. But now here's the kicker. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Or why do you fear? In some translations. it says, whoa, what? Oh, yeah. Uh, what is oh, yeah. Do you still have no faith? Why do you fear? Do you still have no faith? And in the Amplified, it actually puts in me, you know, at the end. You know, as the emphasis of what he was saying. And then they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I would have said the same thing. But... Listen to what Jesus says. He says, why do you fear? Because firstly, okay, and you must remember, they've had time with him. They've seen him do so many things. I mean, they've seen things they haven't seen in their generation, right? Firstly, he says, we're going to the other side. Okay? And the second fact is he is with them. Now, I want you to... Put yourself in this position, not in Christ's position, in the dudes on the boat. How often do we do this? Hello? You would tell them, listen, but God's with you. But you know, they're so stressed and fear. God's with you. Yeah, yeah, I know, but. It's like, wait, hold on. Do you need something more? Because God being with you is the ultimate. You, you have your ultimate lifeline. you have the ultimate provision, the ultimate wisdom, the ultimate peace, you have God Himself. There's nothing after that that you need. Are you guys with me? So just like these guys on the boat here, they went from watching Jesus speaking to multitudes and healing the sick and, you know feeding thousands and all this kind of stuff to, "Do you not care if we drown?" But again, it was their own perception, like you were talking about. Because they didn't acknowledge, firstly, what he said, and secondly, who they had in the boat. Do you know if they just sat there, the water's hitting them in the face. And then someone's going to come along and be like, hey, aren't you scared? It's like, well, listen, he said we're going on the other side. I trust him. He knows what he's doing. If our boat goes down, he's going down with us. He's not going to die. He's, he's, I mean, he's Christ. You know what I'm saying? And the water's smacking him. Then that, that sail comes around. He's got a duck. And you know, all these things are happening. But they're going through. The storm's like for five minutes. Then they go through on the other side. They stop. They wake Jesus up. And now when they're waking him up, they don't say, hey, do you care if we drown? No. He says, hey, Jesus, we are. Are you guys with me? In the midst of your problem, before your problem, and after your problem, Jesus is always Jesus. But you and I decide how we're going through. I promise you, we have had words for people year after year after year and we tell them, listen, it's going to be okay. We sense peace. God's confirming. Something's going, you know, something's going to happen. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. And sometimes it's a short period of time. Sometimes it's long. But I promise you, we've had people who come on the other side of that thing with chronic illness from the stress. And you know what the first thing they do? But God did say it was going to be okay. And guess what? It's okay. But now on the other side, you come out with a chronic illness. Hello? You come out. Your marriage is on the rocks. You've lost your job because of stress and fear. Your health has gone to nonsense. Are you guys with me? You become so recluse from your fellowship and your brotherhood. Why? Because you're under stress. Because you're fearful. Why? Because you don't acknowledge who is in the boat? You don't acknowledge what he has said. Are you with me? And church, this is a step we cannot skip. This is the fundamental building blocks of life with God, is that you've got two sets of evidence, but you need to pursue: Christ's justification. You need to have faith that even when you deserve the mess you are in by your own choice. You need to have faith that I'm justified by Christ. And Christ declares that even though I am here, it is not my end. Are you guys with me? And while you are in it, what are you doing? You're pursuing righteousness, godliness, patience, endurance, all these things that Paul was talking about. And you know what's going to happen? Is that in there, your problem will still remain, but you won't have fear. Wouldn't that be something great? Amen? To think, to have a problem, but no fear. My word, that's, that's, that's like illogical. You're right, according to the world standard. But you have a new set of evidence. Amen? Amen? So we're going to be taking this journey about righteousness, but on a day-to-day practical level, okay? Where it's good to know that we are righteous and justified, but in this moment... How do we take the step? Are you guys with me? Because this is where the rubber meets the road, ladies and gents. If we don't do this, God will always be our second guest in our lives. He'll always be second guest. Are you guys with me? And in that moment, whatever you're facing this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, and you could be facing a tangible problem that's a real situation. You could be facing a judgment in your heart, you could be, whatever it is you could be facing, whatever that stone in your shoe is, as we say, whatever that weight on your shoulders, whatever it is, I want you to take a moment right now and let's begin this practice. You could be experiencing a heartache for a long time of your life. You know, you could be having a friction with a close friend You could be carrying identity issues, you could be having financial problems or relationship problems, whatever it is. Whatever that thing is right now, I want you to take a very deep breath right now, in through your nose, out through your mouth. Take another one, in through your nose, through your mouth. And I want you to acknowledge and say, Lord, I see this thing. This thing is here. However it got here, the reason why it's staying whatever it is, right now, Lord, I'm choosing your justification. Right now, I'm choosing to believe That your word is true. Just take a moment now. Take a moment. And separate from all those fears and pressures. And recline into him right now. Acknowledge his love for you. Acknowledge his finished work. Acknowledge who He is. And by faith in your heart based on who He is, just see your hand opening. Opening to let go and opening to receive. you so dearly. He's got such an amazing life planned for you. But it's only in His righteousness. It's only through His grace. So open your hand. Let it go and receive. Stop making reasons for the problem to stay. Start building the reasons to overcome in your heart. And that's only in Christ, in His Word. You're only an overcomer in Christ. We got ourselves in all kinds of messes, but in Christ we become overcomers. And accept right now in your heart, it's going to take time. And if it takes time, that's okay. Because you are in Christ. Have faith that this is not your end. You are in Christ. And whether you're going to climb over that mountain, whether you're going to go around it, whether you're just going to tunnel straight through it, He's with you. Settle your heart in his love so that you can hear his wisdom. He loves you, family. He loves you with all his heart. And he made sure that there was never anything that would separate you from him. So let's agree with him. Let's not separate him from our circumstances. Let's not separate him from our judgments. Let's make him the center of everything. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Did you guys get something this morning? Hey, excited for the good fight of faith? Amen. Come on, give God a praise.